0: Hello, and welcome to Marriage & Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and in addition to my lovely spender of a bride, Heather, we are honored to be joined today by my very own cousin and her husband, Please welcome to the show, Heidi and Adam. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Yay! Yay, thank <laughs> I mean, you. I didn't
0: hear the audience applause. Is that <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> better
0: be It better be a big one. Yeah, our, our <laughs> like, large studio audience, we've asked them to remain silent. We we do, uh, uh, The screaming, the screaming is, is a great way to spread COVID, and so we want to limit that today. Limit <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> but well, we're, yeah, we're, we're, excited, we're excited to be here. We're very happy to have you here. I was talking recently with with um, Heidi and Adam. I was having this conversation where we were talking about what's going on in our lives. And they were talking about their, their experience with, with the fire community. And they were also talking about how they had recently sold their home, bought an RV, and started out on this, this great wild adventure, um, living out their dreams. And I was like, wow, that's really unique. That's interesting. And and Hedy was like, what, well, what? I mean, you know, you know, this is this is the same type of thing that I'm sure half your friends are doing right now. And <laughs> I was like, what? Half exactly my friends? Right. I literally yeah. know nobody else that's doing this. And <laughs> and they were like, Oh, yeah, well, half of our friends or more are more doing this. And like, okay, you are in a completely different world than me. So this is That's why I need you to come onto my podcast because, wow. because you have a very different experience uh with with your your fire experience and just your just your life experience than I have. And I think I have a lot to learn from it. I think our audience has a lot to learn from it. And so I'm really excited to have you here today. I think, we're I think I think our audience. we excited
2: speaking. to speak and see if anybody can learn anything from us. But <laughs> regardless, we'll tell our story.
0: I, I love it. I love it. So, would you be able to just start by introducing yourself with a little bit of, I don't know, where you live currently, and maybe how long you've been married, what you've been doing for a living. Heidi, where are we Definitely.
3: from? Oh man, I have no idea. It's a complicated question. We're both from the Midwest originally. Minnesota for me and Illinois for him. About five years ago, we moved out to Washington State, close to Seattle area. And then we decided to sell our big house in Seattle area and just have a bit of adventure as a family. We've got three kids, ages 10, 8, and 6 currently, boy, boy, girl. And we thought fire to us really means to live life now instead of waiting until we're 60 to retire and travel and live life it's to dig in now with our family with each other to really seize the moment and so uh so yeah we are traveling around the country full-time right now we've been what eight months or so on the road currently in texas but next week it'll be arizona so it doesn't really matter where we are right now
2: yeah when we've known each other for like 20 years now and yeah. been wow. happy almost
3: all most of them yeah, yeah. We've, we've been married for almost 13 years now
0: mm-hmm. that's Ten awesome and a half
3: of them we're incredible
2: we've
3: old. been having we've been having a lot of fun yeah. ups and downs is every marriage but you know we get we're getting through them
1: that's right so one question that we always ask our guests is we had an episode that talked about how couples manage their finances, whether they have been separate or combined or a hybrid. So would you mind telling us how you have your finances set up as a couple?
2: We're combined, always have been. I don't feel like there's a right, right or wrong way to do it. Really interesting to hear how other couples do it, but for us, it was always just simpler. And, and we always knew we were going to be kind of a one breadwinner household. Although we were both working for marriage, we had known that Heidi wanted to be more of the homemaker, homeschooler, home decorator, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had a career in technology. So uh, yeah, so it just made sense for us to combine. I've never really thought of it yeah. any other way, but it does come with its issues because yeah, every, every decision now is our money and not <laughs> my money or her money or
0: yeah. Or we, shared Heather and I are combined as well. And we run into the same problems of, yeah, it's, we, you have to agree on decisions and, and, uh, it can at times create conflict.
1: So another another topic that we always kind of reference, and David mentioned this in the intro, is this concept of people either kind of being on a spectrum of being a spender or a saver. How would you guys relate to that? Is one of you more of a spender versus a saver, or do you guys similar in that fact or different?
3: I feel like we both fall into both categories in different things, you know, like I'm not an excessive spender, but I can be when it comes to, you know, whatever art supplies or music stuff or whatever. And Adam's like a super saver, usually, except when it comes to like tools, he goes like way overboard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We just we just have our different areas. of Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Whatever. We all have our priorities. Yeah. And mine, it's always in in the garage. But But.
3: but Adam came in early to our marriage. I mean, even into our dating, really with being very budget minded. And I had never really done a budget before that at all. I'd never really been money minded before that. And I found a budget was extremely freeing for us because I never looked at his spending and got frustrated about it because I would say, let's just look at the budget. Did you spend within your budget about what we decided you could spend on tools? And then I never had to feel bad about my spending either because we decided that already. We decided that together and I fit within the budget that we already decided, you know, and of course, if one of us broke the budget that we had decided together, then we could talk about that and have a discussion. But it was like, it was so freeing, you know, it was the first step for me, at least with money stuff to really be freed up by what some might call confining. It was really a freedom thing for me. Mm -hmm.
0: That's really a theme we've heard from a lot of couples in talking to them. That was certainly the case for us, but consistently, and it's great to hear that as well from you, is that consistently we hear budgets are more freeing than they are confining as long as that budget is done in in an appropriate way way where you're having those healthy dialogues, like it sounds like you are, to be very open about this is what I what we're doing and why we're doing it, and we're on the same page now because because we're talking about it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a tool, tool to pre-make
2: the decision yeah. so that you don't need to feel guilty. You're because cheap. either way, I'm going to buy it. I just, <laughs> just this budget. I don't feel so guilty about
3: it. Nice. nice. But
2: I don't think, in fact, come to think of it, I don't think either of us have ever been savers. I don't really think of saving money. I think of investing money. Sure. Never, ever since I was a kid, mom's yeah. like, oh, you should save your money for some, save your money. And I'm like, why should I save it? I I want to buy stuff. <laughs> and again, Can you relate it's to that sort ever? of like, and it still <laughs> is like, I don't, I don't, that concept of saving money doesn't ignite a fire in me because I don't, it, it's, it's hard to visualize, but what I do visualize is spending the money on something that will make money, sure. um, investing, or, or maybe spending the money on something that I'll appreciate later. Sure.
1: Yep. Everybody's got their, their things that they enjoy, their priorities. So moving um, to the topic that we plan to cover, we'd love to hear where did you first learn or hear about this concept of fire for the first time? You know, who, who really heard about it first, got excited about it, And did you, how did you convince the other person? Were they excited right away? Did you guys discover it together? Tell us how you kind of got going in that space.
2: When I told Heidi about it, she got so excited (laughs) immediately. (laughs) I have a hard time (laughs) believing that. (laughs) That that didn't happen. She always thinks all of my ideas are super engaging and interesting. (laughs) no that for sure it was was me i don't know what it was i mean honestly it's pretty early 1819 somebody had some a friend of a friend had recommended rich dad poor dad uh the book uh, robert kiyosaki and this friend was actually buying up uh rental properties really uh, really cheap rental properties and I was intrigued by the fact that, you know, you could buy buy a house, pay some, have someone pay to live there. Especially at that point in my life, I was like, oh, that's just free money that comes in every month, and I'm going to be rich. I'll probably be retired in two years, millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, because two and years that's is what a happened. two years <laughs> is a long time. That's not what happened. Yeah, and so I think for me, the specifically that book. Opened up my eyes to the idea that there's two different rules to play by. There's two different ways to think about money, and I wanted to learn learn the rules of money, learn about money, and figure out. Um, and for me, it was never really about the, the idea of being quote unquote rich never really appealed to me, but the idea of having options did. Fast forward a few years, Heidi and I met or got back in touch in oh five oh six, and when I started talking with her about it, um, you weren't particularly interested in it
3: i respected your view of money you know the whole time like oh Uh-oh. wow it's something i've never thought about i've never yeah really thought there was another way than just to you know just like the standard answer yeah
2: go to work make a paycheck yeah, exactly. spend it
3: retire at 65 yeah
2: do it again yeah. do it again
3: anyways but it was a few years later that you found fire specifically
2: yeah. Yeah. It was all—it kind of a journey for me from, yeah, just learning, wanting to learn about money from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, reading a few other books about real estate. Never read. I mean, I dabbled in it. I, I bought this little junkie three-unit building with a buddy for $29,000. I think we financed it <laughs> on a credit
0: card. What a bunch of dopes, man. We. <laughs> but it feels like you've kind of bought- gone, you've kind of gone the opposite direction now of real estate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: We've,
2: we've, sold at all have you guys ever heard of mr money mustache yes money yeah idea.
0: definitely yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's that's probably i'd say the the one uh, character in the space that really put that term on the map so i sort of discovered and then rediscovered those ideas in the community and fire i don't know how uh, knowledgeable your audience is on that but that's loosely stands for financial independence and retiring early
0: it's been interesting to me to see how that journey has taken you from real estate to shifting your focus now to um, living your best life now, doing um, this this RV experience, and I, I feel like you've you've been able to to chase after a lot of the goals you have earlier than you would have otherwise. Right, a lot of people wait until they're retired to. To live their their RV traveling across uh, the country experience, and you've been able to to grab a hold of that now. Now, grabbing. Why did we
2: end up doing that now? (laughs) Was it by choice or happenstance or?
3: Well, I feel like with the fire thing, it was it was interesting because Adam got super excited about saving a ton. He discovered Mr. Money Mustache when he was working at Amazon and he was really feeling kind of dead end at Amazon. It just wasn't exciting for him anymore, but he was making, you know, a nice Amazon income. And so at the same time, when he discovered Mr. Money Mustache and the fire community, it really lit a fire under him in the sense of the word where he was like, oh my goodness, if we. Take what we're making at Amazon, save it up, invest it really well, then we actually might be able to get out of this working to pay the bills, just kind of out of this mundane lifestyle. And so he uh, just started really investing a ton of money at that point um, into different things. You know, we had gotten out of real estate at that point. So he was investing in other things, and that really took off. And that's really, I feel like when we were, when we started really having the conversations together, like, what does it mean to be financially independent for the white family? What does that mean to be financially independent? Does it mean we need to save up X amount of dollars and then retire completely? Or does that mean that we need to find something that just makes passive income? So that's kind of where we're at now we decided as a family to have him find something that he was passionate about, which has ended up being owning a business. And uh, he works, you know, quite a bit, but at at the same time is able to kind of live and do what he wants to at the time. So you can talk about that.
1: So how has this fire really steered or, uh, you know, impacted your career and your, your life? Like you kind of alluded there a little bit. So it sounds like you, we're at Amazon now this owning a business. So maybe share a little bit more how it's kind of changed. Maybe it was the philosophy that changed what you were doing with your career and work, or was it more interest? Yeah, I think
2: And so in the fire community, there's two, there's always this temptation to just grit your teeth and bear it and make, make the money and invest it. And then as soon as you can get enough money saved up to live off the returns, then, then you can go enjoy your life, which we all know. I mean, it's cliche, but we like, we all know that's a fallacy, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause I'm, I'm, it's like an impossible temptation just, mm-hmm. but in part, you know, part of it, we can get into this too, is having kids. It's easier to see time slipping by. And like, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? True. Yeah, I could be retired in 10 years or 15 years. Or,
3: but they're only but young for seven years. Yeah, how
2: old will they be in 10 years? And I'm working a lot of hours. You know, our strategy changed a little bit from rental properties to I just want to buy stocks. I, I was sick of tenants and toilets and I just wanted to buy <laughs> you know, stocks. And then you, get to play, you get to play with everything. Suddenly I'm like, oh, stock options, which are a little more interesting and Maybe risky in some ways, more more thos- so than stocks, and, and every every step of the way you think, well, this is going to be it. I just found the ticket because <laughs> obviously it's this new thing, and and ultimately, uh, but just to go back to the philosophy for me, financial independence has always just meant having options, yeah, yeah. being able to choose what I work on. For me, I mean, it, people would always ask me, well, what do you want to do when you're retired? And I'd always sort of dodge the question like, well, I'll figure that out when I get there. And they're like, well, why don't you just do it now and find a way to get paid for it? I don't
3: want to <laughs> do it that way. Yeah, but, you've always needed to do what you want to do, Penda
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, in the end, we still aren't really there. It might be nonprofit or ministry work, some ideas. But, but yeah, the this, the philosophy's always been the same, which is to just have the freedom to make the decisions we want with our time. Yeah. I think but that makes crazy, a lot of sense. strategies changed lots over mm-hmm. the years.
1: Yeah. And I think it's and, great that you, you know, want to enjoy what you're doing, right? Like you said, life's too short to be unhappy punching yeah. the punch in the well, clock and doing the rat race. If you know, you're not enjoying it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and I really liked your point around how one of the things that shaped you is it was specifically as it relates to your view on fire is seeing your kids grow up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a perspective that a lot of people in the fire community may not have because they're they're starting out real young and they think, oh, I'm going to I'm going to get my my base set up, I'll retire at 30, and then I'll have my kids. But I think what you're see- seeing here is that you're you're taking a, a different approach, and I'd like to hear more about how how do you think your implementation of fire is strictly different because you have children? Do you think that was that was a driver for you to take this different FIRE approach or to do FIRE in general? I know you, you said you were interested in FIRE before, but it feels like you really got more aggressive recently with this.
2: I think what changed a few years ago was I started getting really dissatisfied with my career. It seemed like each job I had was getting less and less enjoyable. I could, my tenure there was shorter and shorter. And so it, a change needed to be made because I was grumpy all the time and i mean there was a time in our marriage and in relationship with kids it's like if i'm not doing well with work mm-hmm. that severely affects my self-esteem and my confidence and the next thing you know I'm leaning on Heidi like hey I need your help thinking through this talking through this I'm a very verbal processor and would love to have Heidi available 24 hours a day to just listen and talk and listen and talk Mm -hmm. and listen and talk and she's also got three kids that need the same thing Mm
3: -hmm.
2: she doesn't need a fourth one
3: yeah so it was a it was a hard season where it was like this is not working for him to be um You know, at that point, we were still trying to do the stockpile money method. And it was like, you know what, this is not living and we don't want to spend all these years doing the stockpile the money so that we can retire early while our kids are young. And so we really just had to regroup as a family and just say, what is the best way to get the best Adam um, while still getting the flexibility now that he needs and that our family needs? So mm-hmm. really, we've got a pretty great setup now.
0: It so, sounds like
2: obviously it. the next the logical next step was <laughs> to quit uh, a 20 year career in I.T. and buy a roofing company.
3: Yeah. <laughs> a tro- a, a
2: troubled, troubled sputtering <laughs> along roofing company. Yeah. That seemed like the logical. Next step. <laughs>
3: uh, well, Adam, <laughs> of course, Adam's always been an investor. I mean, ever since we were dating, he's been an investor. Of course, we've we've talked about that different avenues. And ever since we were dating, he kind of talked about, I would really be interested in buying companies, fixing them up, making them more profitable and helping them run themselves for passive income or sell them for more than I bought it for. It was kind of essentially the plan. And he, so we finally took the dive about a year ago in January and he is knocking it out of the park. He is doing amazing. He, uh, Bought a company and is loving it almost every day.
2: He and just when she loves says knocking doing. it out of the park, it has nothing to do with how the company's doing. <laughs> like it really, in all seriousness, though, it doesn't matter how the company's doing as much as it does me feeling valuable in what I'm doing. I can't tell you I had no idea how disengaged I was with my IT jobs until I left. Mm -hmm. And now just every day to realize, wow, I'm able to use my skills. And, you know, did we get make a profit on that roof or did we fix this issue? I don't know, but I felt value. I felt engaged in it. I wanted to be involved in it. And that, you know, that makes me feel like a million bucks. And suddenly I'm like, honey, I'm home. I'm feeling great, kids. Can you hug, kiss, smooch? I just feel so much more free. I mean it sounds cheesy but like I just enjoy uh my day-to-day moments now. Relationally though when I'm when I'm healthy yeah with my relationship with work then I'm healthy with my relationship with my wife and yeah. kids. Yeah,
0: yeah and, and really, I think I you know made a really know. good point about Happiness. Once our our basic needs are met met of food, shelter, clothing, then we chase after money to be happy, to have a high, higher quality of life. And if you know if you can find if you're getting that out of what you're doing, then you're achieving that whether whether you're turning a profit or not at that point,
2: right? Yeah.
0: So yeah. that that's a good reminder. I think also out there is that what we're chasing after isn't the money. It's it's what that money represents and a lot of times for people yeah. that money represents happiness
2: yeah it's some version of contentment um, again for me that contentment is found in options and you know and actually there is one article again you know you're you, I'll send you the link you can put it in show notes but your viewers could look up a mr. money mustache article on really financial independence not being about sacrificing but about more precisely defining happiness and I mean you could apply that to all sorts of areas of life, not just finances. Yeah. That, I mean, that to me, you know, before anyone even thinks about starting down the fire path or any path, it's really sort of establishing the goals of what is it that sounds cheesy, but that will make me happy. What, mm. what is it that I seem to be driven towards here in my spirit? And then of course, bringing this back to marriages, what about my spouse and are we on the same path? Are we, will the same journey be healthy for both of us? Or do we both need different def- destinations, different journeys? How can we make these meld? Um, because they need to, otherwise we'll <laughs> yeah. both be.
1: yeah we will not
2: find contentment alone. <laughs> Very so, true.
1: so on that topic, it sounds like fire And this, you know, your, your journey here has brought you two closer together, but I'm sure there's been, you talked about you, we have to be aligned. You have to be kind of on the same page, have the same goals or working towards the same thing. Can you maybe share like how you, has that been challenging or has it been like a lot of, how, how often do you communicate that? How do you, stay motivated or aligned on what you're working towards together? Or maybe if you've had some challenges along that path?
3: Yeah, I feel like I always feel like we've been on the same team, working towards the same goal. We've gone through ups and downs for sure. Like, of course, marriage is all about um, staying healthy as a couple, of course, and keeping communication open and supporting each other and helping each other out. And I feel like, yeah, at the lowest of low spots, like when you were at Amazon and just struggling and not doing well, like it was a very hard time for me. It was super hard to be the supporter of Adam, you know, not making money myself, um, just supporting him and helping him stay healthy enough to make money for our family. That That was really, really challenging. But then also being willing to take the dive with him into something risky, which is buying a business, uh, being on the same page, as in knowing what's best for my husband. You know, I knew that he was struggling in the corporate world, and knowing that we had to take this dive together financially, it was a risk into buying a company and everything. But that's what you do in marriage, mm-hmm. right? Is you is you well, dive together.
2: That, <laughs> that decision specifically was interesting because. In, in our marriage and almost all of our big decisions, we, we do what's called a handshake. It doesn't need to be physical, literal handshake, but we kind of give each other, if there's some decision that is a really big impacting decision mm-hmm. that for a long time, we'll say like, hey, this is what I think. This is what you think. We disagree, but we're going to move forward. And this is your last chance to say, I told you so. <laughs> v- veto yeah. right now, but after today, if we're going to do this
3: and we're handshaking no, on it we're
2: handshaking. there's no there's not going to be any I told you so. yep and
3: we're a team we're, on this yeah that what that yeah means. it means I got
2: this. it means I got your back even if it's like mm, I don't know if it's what we should do but you know what I'm I'm going to go with it and I'm not going to hold it I'm handshaking so that particular decision Heidi do you think we should buy the company? Do you think we should buy the company? We've done more research. Do you think we should do this? Should I quit my job? Best job I've ever had. Should I quit it? Should we buy the company? <laughs> should we sell all of our assets and put it into a company? Should we do it? This company that's floundering. <laughs> and at that time in marriage, like she wouldn't give me the answer I wanted. And, and it wasn't like a yes or no. I just wanted her engagement on the, decision. I wanted her to have a strong opinion. I wanted Mm -hmm. her to, you know, be, I want her to be engaged with it. And she's like, I can't.
3: It was, it was a really hard decision to make that jump.
2: And that was one of the only times I was like, you know what, Adam, this is actually, you know, this handshake system's nice and all, but it's actually unfair for me to put her in this spot where I'm essentially needing her to give her green light on this. And she can't, she doesn't know. It's like, you didn't have You weren't, you weren't at this place in our marriage emotionally where you could look into all the facts and have an opinion. And so it was one of those few times where I was like, okay, just so you know, I'm deciding for us, we're going to do it. And you can say, I told you so if you want.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, one last question here. Do you have uh, just like one, one piece of financial advice that you would give other couples that are interested in jumping into fire and starting out on their journey um, what, what would that be? Would it be sell your house and uproot your lives and go across the country, or or what, what's the best way for someone to get started on this journey?
3: <laughs> nope, mm. that's not for everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, boy, that's a good point. Fire is
2: not for everyone. Yeah, there's so many prescriptions out there. It's so easy to look at someone else's strategy and see that working for them and think that's that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that may be true, but fire can, there's a lot of different strategies. It can mean a lot of different things to different people, but also not everyone. I don't think that would actually be healthy for every person to pursue that. I'd love to see people think about their resources. It doesn't necessarily need to be money, but using their resources effectively, whether it's their time, emotional Mm -hmm. capacity, I kind of feel like, I mean, not to get too meta here with the issue, but do you want to retire early? Default answer is really yes, obviously, of course. But really, do you? What is what does that mean to retire early? I mean, retire generally people think about golf, but <laughs> or travel. Yeah, do you really do you really want to? Do you really is there evidence in your own life that you have a hunger for this and you will you will it'll, that it'll be a compatible goal for your skills and get, you know, I get perspectives from other people around you on that too, what they think about you. And, and then if so, you know, mentors just ask is like, what, what you guys do, I really respect by getting different people's perspectives into other people's ears, get as many different perspectives as you can get together and just meeting different people. And yeah, read Reading books and blogs and find something that resonates with you because if you don't like it, if it doesn't resonate, then you're never going to do a very good job at it. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, that that's that's great, that's great advice. Yeah, I, I think you're right. We it's good to hear you know, different opinions, and that's one of the things we really enjoy about doing this podcast. Is it mm-hmm. gives us the opportunity to to see what what else is out there, and and I also like your point about being able to identify like is this right for you? It's not right for everybody. Identify mm-hmm. figure out what your goals are and chase after your goals first and everything else really should fall into place if you're chasing after your goals correctly um well i think that about is, is about all the time we have for today um but thank you so much for for spending this time with us uh heidi and adam yeah uh, we thank really you appreciate it's been it. so
2: fun to have you this on this has been that a blast we
0: love being here <laughs> yeah we love what you guys
3: are doing keep it up keep
0: yeah it up. Th- thank you <laughs> well We would love to continue to hear how the conversations about money are going in the marriages of our audience, or to take any questions on a future episode. Uh, So you can reach out to us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com, or message us on Instagram at money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle.